Well, I'd like to welcome all of our listeners to the SCMRC podcast. It's great to be back with you. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus over the past year and a half, but we're kicking it back off. And I'm actually really excited. Uh, For those of you who don't know me and who I am, my name is Donnie Williams. I'm the executive director of the Supply Chain Management Research Center. I also happen to be a member of the Supply Chain faculty at the Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. And so as we're kicking this back off, I'm actually really excited about a new initiative that that we're partnering with Mike Brain with. And I'm going to introduce Mike in just a moment. But, you know, the, the retail supply chain initiative that we're that we're kicking off was really Mike's vision and is is he's so passionate about it. And I'm excited to partner with him and support this within the research center, uh, because, as you know, we kind of happen to live in the retail world, retail capital of the world. Right, Mike? And so um, and, and so. The issues that we're going to be addressing are relevant to all of our closest industry partners because they all work in the retail supply chain. And so this initiative is really going to focus on that and some of the challenges that we have. And so, Mike, I want to take a moment. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, bringing this to us and the vision behind it. We're excited to support it. So why don't you just take a moment, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background, and then we'll we'll talk about this research uh, retail supply chain initiative and see what's going to happen over the next year. Well, thank you, Donnie, very much. Uh, and if you're really excited, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm going to one-up you there a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, my name is Mike Grain, and I have literally been in the retail supplier, supply chain technology kind of area for over 40 years, my entire career. Um, I started in uh, 1982 with uh, Procter & Gamble right out of Cincinnati, and in uh, 1989 got an opportunity to relocate down to Northwest Arkansas to work with our biggest customer at the time, Walmart. Um, and I was leading the IT or technology function of that and uh, did that for about 20 years, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, and then we had a couple of technology opportunities at Walmart. And so I left Procter & Gamble and went to work with my uh, the customer I was calling on, which was Walmart. And I was there for about five or six years while we rolled out radio frequency identification and um, the Spark uh, tool uh, and obviously electronic shelf label things that we were working on at the time. Did that until about 2015. Uh, and then we uh, I, went, I had an opportunity to work for a third-party supplier called Crossmark, uh, who was, we were building a center for collaboration right next to the Walmart home office. Did that for a couple of years. And then two years later, Walmart called me and said, we want to do more in this whole retail technology area, including RFID. Uh, so I joined them as a contractor, and I've been uh, in that capacity since 2015. So overall, 40 years, always focusing on supply chain, technology, um, processes, et cetera, to, to, uh, to make sure that on-shelf availability for the customer is there. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunity to work with the number one Gartner undergraduate supply chain organization in the world, United, University of Arkansas. So uh, we're going to stay number one. What do you think? That's right. Thanks for that call out. So it's that time, right? So it's <laughs> happening right now. Gartner's going to release those rankings again this summer. So we're certainly looking forward with anticipation for that. So, uh, well, Mike, I'm, you know, some of the things that you've been involved with, particularly on the technology side over the past, you know, I don't want to count the number of years, right? But 30, 30 plus years, we'll just go with that. Um, and so just recently, I mean, some of the challenges that have been happening in the retail space, 
you're watching these things and you're saying, hey, we've been working on this and we've got answers for this. And we've seen kind of the, the rollout that Walmart's done with RFID lately. Uh, I've been in the store seeing the, the digital RF codes and, and that type of thing. Talk about uh, real quick what you've seen over these 30 years in your experience, both as a supplier, uh, working for the, the biggest retailer in the world and now uh, as a consultant and, and project manager for them. What do you what do you kind of see? What's been the evolution that you've seen with this? Well, the first thing is I don't think retail has changed since the first time somebody decided to buy something and put it on the shelf and have a customer come and buy it. So a lot of the, of the challenges that we're seeing today have been around ever since retail started. I remember, you know, Sam Walton, when he f opened up his first five and dime, you know, had had things like inventory accuracy and customers that or associates that would steal product from him and he gets short ship product. I mean, we all of these kinds of issues have been around for a while. Um, they've just gotten exacerbated, I think, by two things. Um, certainly the advent of the omni-channel kind of platform where I can literally order stuff online and either come and pick it up at the store, have it delivered to my store, or with some retailers actually delivered it directly to my refrigerator. That that has created a unique partnership and relationship between the store and the customer, um, which, which makes it imperative that we know what we have and we know where it's located. Obviously, we've been through a global pandemic. And, and uh, you know, when people panic buy and uh, suddenly everybody's buying toilet paper and, you know, the entire supply chain of toilet paper and cleaning cleaning uh, products get completely deployed depleted from the shelf. Nobody anticipated that demand. And so the supply chain literally is still trying to catch up because it's predicting everything at a kind of a normal, predictable level. And all of a sudden demand shoots up and now we don't have anything and, and all that kind of stuff. So these things combine together. I think you start thinking about, okay, if I am a store manager and I've got all these people that are working with me and all these customers and all these direct store delivery people who are delivering product and these brokers that are coming in and stuff, I need to know a couple of really important things. I need to know what do I have and I need to know where it's located. So when a customer does purchase something, I can make sure, sure I can fulfill that obligation because there's nothing worse than buying something online, coming in to pick up in the store, and it's not on the shelf, or we can't find it. Maybe we'll refund it for you. That completely destroys that customer confidence, even so much as it's normal. I was talking to a guy today. He was like, when I go in to make a purchase and they don't have it, yes, I'm disappointed, but I don't feel like I got cheated, lied to. If I ordered online and you take my money, then I come in to pick it up, I almost feel like you've lied to me. And I, I thought that was a pretty dramatic way of thinking about it. That's a different perspective than, oh, they don't have this product. I guess I'll buy something else. So this whole technology space is all about, can we provide a product or systems of, of sensors and technology to show you what you have and where it's located? So where you have an opportunity for products that are issues, we can figure out why there are issues and get that product back into the store. That's that's really what it all boils down to. It's really for the retailers so critical to know not only uh, how much demand they have for their inventory, but where that inventory actually is. And so this has been a huge challenge, particularly over the last couple of years, as you've alluded to. Correct. So, so let's shift a little bit. Let's talk about this initiative. So the Retail Supply Chain Initiative. And so this is near and dear to your heart. You're extremely excited. I'm excited. Um, but tell us why this is relevant right now. What is what is the focus? What are we trying to accomplish right now over the next year with this initiative? 
Yeah, I, I think the short-term initiative that I have anyway is just awareness by people in the industry. Um, you know, we, we've got a really a, a tremendous amount of really good work to having with the academic uh, institutions that are doing a lot of research and doing a lot of analysis and creating white papers. Uh, no offense, Donnie. I have I have probably written I have probably read two white papers in my entire career because they're <laughs> seven pages long and half of them I don't understand. I'm just like, give me the paragraph that tells me. So we got these really smart academic people. Yep. Then we got these incredibly talented people that are really really eager to learn called students. Yep. That absolutely need a place that they connect what they're learning in the classroom to what's really going out in the retail world, right? Mm -hmm. So can we connect those two together with suppliers? And when I say suppliers, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the Procter & Gamble's of the world and the Kimberly Clark's of the world and the retailers and the third parties uh, solution providers that provide retail tech, you start creating an ecosystem where they're all talking the same language, which is business driven, business driven and, and technology capable. It's pretty exciting. So, and the reason to me that this is so imperative now, uh, it's been imperative for, for a long time, but now it's, we got in some categories, 50 and 60% of the product is being ordered online and delivered either to somebody's home or picked up in store. That is increasing. I mean, things like electronics, well over 50% of electronics are now bought online and delivered to somebody's home. Well, if we're going to use stores as the delivery mechanism for fulfillment center, we better know what we have and we better know where it's located. So to me, it's imperative more so than ever before that we really understand that because it's going to continue to grow. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, it's not going to go get smaller. One of the great things about this initiative, so it's kind of a phased initiative, right? So one of the first things we're going to do. Um, with this is you're going to take over the podcast, right? For, for the next 52 weeks is what we're talking about. And so right. certainly there may be some flexibility or whatever that's needed in there, but um, uh, you're taking this and going to drive this initiative. So what can our listeners expect over the next, you know, uh, let's start six months, maybe looking out 12 months. So what are you, what is in your mind? What do you, what do you have in the, um, in the channel for us? Yeah, so lots of really cool stuff that I think is imperative. What the the structure that I just set up, we're going to go talk to industry experts. We're going to go talk to people who are doing uh, academic research. People like Dr. Bill Hargrave, who's led the initiative in the uh, industry on radio frequency identification. We're going to go talk to uh, Justin Patton, who's the director of the RFID lab, and talk about the importance of on-hand accuracy and how do you measure it and what happens when that isn't correct. We're going to talk about with retailers, uh, people like Myron Burke, who ran retail uh, Sam's Club and, and Walmart for years, ran international uh, business services, and now is working on emerging technology so it's 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 cpg companies it's retailers it's solution providers it's academics all coming together and we do have about a year's worth of podcasts kind of roughly scheduled we're expecting to be able to release one about once a week we also hope to actually include as much as possible as uh, students into those as well. So we've got actual students that are engaging with these industry experts and talking to them about this and then ho hopefully creating a blog, uh, whether it's on the U of A site or LinkedIn, so we can have discussions and dialogues because all of these topics are very, very relevant for today and we're pretty excited about, uh, about delivering them to the people in the industry. 
And one of the things I really love that you're talking about here with this initiative is really near and dear to the vision and mission of the SMRC is this collaborative learning environment. And so how do we pull the people together, the content knowledge together so that we're not just putting out content for the sake of content, but applicable content, you know, what can we actually learn and use walking away from it? And so as you think about that and you think about the guests that you're going to have on the podcast, what is your hope that so our listeners will take away uh, as we move forward with this? Yeah, I, I think it really depends on where you're sitting. Let's let's mm-hmm. talk about the students first. <clears throat> the students, my expectation is without having to do go do an internship, and there's nothing wrong with internships, but without having to go invest in a semester and do an internship, I can be doing practical work with real live retailers and suppliers, with real live data, and learning from an academic standpoint what I'm learning in the classroom and apply it to a real life situation. Mm-hmm. For me, if I'm a student, that could significantly increases my chances of having a job before I ever step out of getting my degree, right? Mm-hmm. My objective was your students are going to have jobs before they actually leave the University of Arkansas because they've already been working with retailers. They've been working with suppliers and solution providers. They know this. So we already have an investment and we have a collaboration. So that's, that's one for sure. Uh, For the industry leaders for specifically for the retailers, we're going to go and challenge if, if somebody's looking, for example, for uh, a robotic solution that tells them if they have product that's not in stock, we're going to set up, Uh, conferences where we literally have all of the major retailer or technology providers that do that service to share what they work on and why they think their solutions better than whoever else is sitting at the same table. What an opportunity to get real live feedback from from folks like that and have students be involved with that. Um, And we're also going to get into, okay, if you're a retailer supplier, what are the handful of reasons that your product is not on the shelf? It's not sometimes it's obvious sometimes it's not really obvious so being aware of why things are not on the shelf or on the shelf and what do you do about it uh, we're going to spend quite a bit of time kind of going through and diagnosing uh, more than just well it's just we're out of green beans well why Who, who's asking the why and how do we come up with ways that we don't run into that situation in the future I, I love the vision and the mission behind this you know one of the things that you've alluded to is this experiential kind of uh, approach for at least students, but also a place where they can engage with retailers and CPG companies. And I know this has been near and dear to your heart. This may be down the road, but why don't you talk a little bit about the experience center that you're really referring to here? Yeah, my, my vision is really clear, yeah. which is I, I believe most people learn when they can experience something more so than if they can read a book or see a PowerPoint presentation or even what we're doing here, a video podcast or a, or an audio podcast. I think when you put, get yourself in a position to actually have to do the work and feel like, okay, this didn't work, what do I do? I think you learn much, much better than a theoretical somebody presenting it to you. I also believe that if you go in with the mindset that you're going to have to go teach somebody else you will take a class or an experience much differently than I'm just going in to learn something, right? If you go in there with a mentality that you're going to have to go and and share that with somebody else. So my vision is really, really pretty straightforward. We know that customers use products, paper towels, diapers, laundry detergent, milk, egg, cheese, whatever the products happen to be. 
they buy those from a store those stores have those products both on the shelf and in the back room they are provided those products in the wall in the distribution center I almost said walmart but it's not just walmart all the distribution network if you will all the way the retailer distribution network it could be a wholesaler involved could be a direct store delivery involved all the way till somebody's manufacturing the product right so on one end of the spectrum you got somebody who are cutting down trees making them into paper towels putting them in a warehouse shipping them to another warehouse shipping them to a store putting them on a shelf somebody buys them and uses them in their home here's the problem when the product is not on the shelf everybody goes well, i don't know why it's not on the shelf you step back into the supply chain you immediately say oh i see what the problem is we thought you were going to order 100 and you ordered 500 we had no idea you were going to do that so university of arkansas does this great game called the beer game uh, before people get all excited we're not we're not giving college students beer so don't get all excited <laughs> but it's a it's a supply chain simulation that's an experiential learning that allows people to be able to experience being in one of those retailer or wholesale or distributor or manufacturer spot and going i don't have all the information i need to be able to get do my business that's real life right donnie that's so i want to create if we can an experiential initiative some kind of a supply chain that literally all of that is under one roof so we can walk through the various components because i don't think retailers understand the suppliers very well they certainly don't understand transportation very well transportation doesn't understand retail or supplier very well they think they do but they really don't and i think getting out of your own shoes and walking in the other ones and seeing it all end to end will, will definitely wake up some eyes i also think and then i'll and i'll stop because obviously i'm passionate about this we can start to put technology in place to show how we can connect this stuff together so eventually we have got and i think blockchain is the way to do it we have a blockchain where everybody knows where everything is and we all know where it's located and we know when things are coming the next day and we can count on the fact it's coming the next day because i see it's on the route and and i trust that those numbers are right so i think it's an exciting opportunity to build some kind of a retail supply chain that allows people to experience that I think, you know, the the integration of technology and supply chain, we've certainly seen the acceleration in that over the past, particularly three to five years, right? And so COVID hit and we saw things that were being planned for five years down the road implemented immediately. And right. so that that idea of visibility, knowing where things are, and, you know, we're fortunate here at the University of Arkansas because not only do we have a great supply chain program, but we have the Blockchain Center of Excellence that's led by Mary Lassity. And fortunately, we collaborate across uh, our, our disciplines there because that's what industry has to do to get things done. Right. And so but I, I tell you, just listening to and talking to executives and just like you are today. Right. So talking to executives in the world today. Uh, the ability to understand all of these different factors and why our products are not on the shelf right now um, through the supply chain and the different uh, players that are playing a role in this is a challenge right now. And, and to your point, I think it's becoming clear that even our, uh, our best business leaders doing as best as they can right now, they just don't understand how the supply chain functions. And ultimately, when we're making that transition into stores and using the stores as an extended distribution or fulfillment center, right. that gets even more complex that we're working with, right? So I'm really excited about 
your uh, podcast and kind of taking this and having all these discussions, I think it's really going to be beneficial. Hey, hey Donnie, a quick example may be helpful for the audience who's listening to this because <clears throat> so many times I've heard, well, we need a new ERP system or we need a new forecasting system or we need this or we need that because it's not quite, et cetera. When you start thinking about it, let me put you on the spot here a little bit. If I'm your sto- of store mm-hmm. and I need to know when I need to order more green beans, Green beans are running low, but I still got some, but I don't know, you know, how much I need, et cetera. What are the two or three pieces of data that I would need to say, when do I actually order a case of green beans? Well, you kind of need to know what your lead time is going to be. to exactly. fulfill, So right? if I order it today, how long yep. before I get it, right? That's right. That's, That's right. right. And, and, need- and you would you say that that particular fact is pretty accurate for the most part? If I order it today, I'll probably get it tomorrow. That's pretty re- reliable. Well, I think it depends on the product that you're talking about, right? <laughs> let's, talk green, let's talk green beans. We'll make that easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So green beans, I would say, would be I order a fun. case. I should be able to get it tomorrow. Okay, I feel <laughs> good about that. Okay, what are <laughs> the other couple that I need? Well, you got to know where it's being produced at um, and the capacity of that particular supplier to actually meet your needs from their allocation strategies as well. But that's part of the lead time. I'm building that all in the lead time, right? Okay. Um, Well, you'll have to help me now because I need to know know what demand is. Exactly. I need to know how many do I think I'll sell. Yeah. If I'm not going to sell another green bean for a year, why would I order any, right? So I've got a forecast. Yep. I got a sales forecast that says how many I think I'm going to act to buy. Now, the lead time itself is pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. What about the forecast? How many of these green beans are going to sell tomorrow? How accurate is my forecast, roughly? Again, that's product dependent, right? So 100%. some, we've got a lot of historical data that's level demand. Some, it depends. if it's electronics, it could be up and down, right? So I think uh, forecasts generally, we know, are always wrong. There you go. <laughs> so, by, def- by definition. By definition, <laughs> right? Lead time I'm not going to let you pigeonhole me there, Mike. I know you are. <laughs> but, but I'm building this case that says right. lead time is pretty accurate. Forecast is much less accurate. Whether it's right. 100% or zero, it's much less accurate. That's right. The other one I need to know is how many do I have today? That, yes. Got to know how much I have. I have, I have to know how much I think I'm going to sell. How long will it take me to get them? Of those two, on-hand accuracy in the industry is anywhere between 50 and 60%. Yep. Forecast is probably 50 to 75%. And lead time is probably in the high 90s. Right. The three factors I need to know whether I order product, two of them by default are bad. Yes. So I may not need a new forecasting system. I may need just to figure out how to feed good data into the forecasting system I've already got. I don't want to take you down that road, but here's the deal. Everybody wants to buy some new widget and some new tool. Sometimes it's just feed the tools you've already got more accurate data. And I think building out a supply chain initiative and having people see that, oh, I'll just go get a case of that in the back room. Well, guess what? There is no case in the back room. There's no product in the back room. Therefore, I think I have it and I don't. Therefore, I never order it. You know, that 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 perpetual thing goes on and on. So that's why I'm excited for people to experience this and not just talk about it. I want them to actually try and figure out what in the world is going on now i now my eyes are open i now see where we can go with this so mike i do have one question about this so why do you think this has been a challenge i mean we've been talking about supply chain management for 30 years and these just as you said these these challenges are not new certainly they've accelerated with omnichannel and and some of the things that you've already talked about but why do we struggle with this why do we continue to struggle with this in the industry I'm 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 gonna try not to get cynical here because that'll sure. be really easy to get cynical. Um, 
The first thing is I would argue that the driving factors behind this are customers now have a choice to buy stuff anywhere they want to, right? Mm -hmm. I can buy it from any online retailer. I can buy, have it delivered to my home. I have all kinds of options. The customer is taking over the ability to make the decisions about where they spend their money. And by default, the retailers are going to have to make sure their stuff's there or customers will quickly go somewhere else. Before I go in, they don't have paper towel I'm looking for. I'm still leaving the store with paper towel. I'll buy another one. I may not be happy about it, but I'm going to buy another one. Now I see people on their phones all the time in a store going, oh, they don't have that. I'll just order on Amazon. Thank you very much. So I'm using the, ironically, I'm using the retailer Wi-Fi to order product from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? So I think customers have more choices to buy stuff however they want to get them. And they are they are up to here with the, oh, we are out of stock. And I'm sorry, we don't have this. That's not my problem. I need the product. So I think that's one factor of it. The second big factor of it is all of the brick and mortar retailers the grocery stores, the mass merchandisers and the clubs, et cetera, are all trying to compete with these pure play e-commerce platforms like Amazon, okay? In order to do that, they cannot be as efficient as Amazon is, which is order it and get it in two days. They have to leverage the actual merchandise they have in the store and expose that on-hand inventory to customers, which is called buy online, pick up in store, which by the way, Dr. Hargrave will spend some time in a future podcast covering. But the bottom line is in order to expose those on hands, you got to know what you have. You got to make sure you're not disappointing the customer. So from my perspective, Donnie, it's going to get more and more and more where customers have ultimately in the driver's seat and the retailers that are not responding with the ability to be able to expose their on hands and really know what they have and where it's located aren't going to be around very much longer. So I think it's an imperative. I think this has always been an issue. But always people say, yeah, 10% out of stocks, we're okay with that. I mean, we just kind of factor that in. I don't think customers are going to put up with that anymore. I think they're going to look for other alternative places to buy it. So I think retailers better wake up and go, and by the way, this is not just retailers. This is the entire retail supply chain. It's transportation providers, suppliers, distributors, wholesalers, retailers. They better all figure out how they're going to work together or they won't be needed in the future. You know, it's really interesting uh, as you're talking about this, you can kind of see, um, you know, just watching the tea leaves and how Walmart has made some changes in their structure over the last couple of years, integrating supply chain and stores. You really see, oh, we need this visibility all the way across. We've got to know where that inventory is at. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how retailers continue to get better at this and, and tackle these challenges. But what I'm really excited about is you coming in and leading this initiative and talking about this and and um, and hopefully creating such a great learning environment for our, our listeners to both learn from experts in the field that are doing this, but also to create this experiential learning uh, process. So we have students equipped to step right into the industry to make a difference there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Mike, Mike, uh, is there any last thoughts before we close up today? And so uh, thank you for your time. I, I don't think so. I'm, I'm excited to get started. Um, it, we've we've already got several things kind of planned and uh, kind of in the book for this thing. Um, we had an opportunity to, uh, for me to spend some time with your students. I can tell they're hungry for this kind of insights and this engagement within the industry. So 
Yeah, I, I'm just really get excited to get started. We'll start out with the podcast. I think that's a good plas- platform to start, uh, and then we'll figure out how to, how to move from there. And I and I I really believe this is something that's desperately needed, and I'm excited to be part of it. Well, Mike, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for what I consider not only an epic discussion, but an epic initiative, right? So uh, so to my listeners, be watching out for content coming out. We're going to be talking about this, the Retail Supply Chain Initiative, and what it's going to do to help make a difference in the retail supply chain uh, world. And, and particularly for all those that are here in Northwest Arkansas, this is relevant, but we've got retailers all over the country and all over the world that this is going to matter to. And so I really am excited about what Mike's uh, uh, got set up for us in the pipeline. And with that, I'd like to take a moment and thank the audience for listening uh, to us today. On behalf of the Walton SEMRC, we're delighted to lead with you as we learn, engage, address, and develop all things supply chain, where we lead the world of commerce from Northwest Arkansas. Have a great day.